All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and 0-4 commish, the Denver Desert Dog. Just uh, at this point, hoping that my losing streak does not match my one-time great winning streak of, I don't remember how many straight it was, but I think I'm approaching territory. Um, this is sad. Yeah, I know. Joining me tonight for our three-person podcast, which would be two more than rushing yards the Denver Desert Dogs had from their running backs last week, is from the Seawolves, I believe, I have to get this right, hold on, Yes, he's still, the points, still leader. points leader, Phil Bruce, how's it going, Points Phil? leader and having the number one and number two overall running backs, feels great. It's uh, very similar to what we started with last year, which didn't end well for me. I'm looking forward to making a trade trade deadline deal here that makes my team maybe marginally better. But doing great tonight. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And you also heard Shane from Take Your Ball and Go Home. How's it going, buddy? Good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, still excited to be in first place ahead of points leader, Seawolf, Yes, you have him because of your week one victory um, over him. So that's good for you. Um, not a whole lot to talk about in the league this week. Some waiver moves, nothing huge. Um, and I don't really want to talk about last week because I started Kyle Juszczyk. Um <laughs> So... Since I've been embarrassing myself all year, I think it's time for Phil to embarrass himself this week. I feel, I feel like I feel like we got we got to touch on the the use check play. I, I saw that last week. I was just scrolling through lineups and I saw that and I was if I if I do that and I roll out Kyle use check in a lineup, I get crucified for for years. No, because he would he would have scored twice. Bag never has any running backs. T bag does this starting backup running backs and handcuffs. I, I, I do want to add that it felt a lot like the feeling I get when I see the guy in line late night at the casino in the casino credit line. That, that, that's what I felt like staring at that guy in the starting lineup. The, this, that, that lineup, that, yeah, that looked like Fegley at a blackjack table at like 3 in the morning after he's, after, after, he's, after, he's, after he's tipped the dealer about $400. <laughs> You oh, check. You check scores twice if he's in T bank lineup. No doubt. Man. So, and you told me you thought it was a good play. I, so. I actually didn't hate the play because I played him. In, I played him as a touchdown scorer the week before, and he cashed big yeah. for me. Well, we're hoping Alex Collins can do it for us tonight. So, just dear awful touchdown. Right. DK Metcalf. All right, let's hop into trivia here. We are at the quarter poll, the general quarter poll. Now we have an extra week this year, so we don't get technically one. But you guys have been paying attention in the past few years. We kind of do the same trivia question in week after week four creature of, habit. of the NFL season. I am a creature of habit. So one of your guys' favorite ones, you know, it's one of my favorite ones. I think you guys hate it, but I am looking for 
Well, I, I'll ask you guys, do you want to go quarterbacks in this or not? It's up to you guys. Sure. Sounds great. All right. Well, in that case, I am looking for 24 names on this list. I'm looking for the top quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in each division of the NFL. Three, four weeks of twelve play. I will start in the NFC West for quarterback, Kyler, Kyler Murray. That is correct. Just run through Phil's team here real quick. Uh, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Derrick Henry is the top running back in the AFC South. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is the top running back in the AFC West. Um, you can keep going to my team. Corderell Patterson. Corderell Patterson is the top running back in the NFC South. Kareem Hunt. And once again, Phil has embarrassed himself and is eliminated from the competition. No way. Is not the top running back in his division. He's RB6. I'm going to stay away from that. I'm hoping, thing. I'm hoping I didn't screw that up, but I don't believe I did. Depends. Depends where you have Lamar. Is he a quarterback for this? <laughs> if I did, I apologize. Give you a second to figure out if you're a joke or not. I am not a joke. All right, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is the top wide receiver in the NFC West. Cause takes another victory and extends his winning percentage to another 100% in trivia versus Phil. Oh my god, I'm wrong. Uh, Najee Harris, he's five. Najee Harris is the top running back in the AFC North. Um, I'll take Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is the top running back slash quarterback in the AFC North. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, top wide receiver in the AFC West. And I'll round out the AFC West with uh, Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes is the top quarterback in the AFC West. Give me Zeke. Zeke is the top running back in the NFC East. Top quarterback in the NFC East is... Man, that's tough. Um, let's stay away from that one for now. Uh, but I think the top receiver in the NFC East is Terry McLaurin. It is scary, Terry. Good, good pick there. Some good receivers in that division to pick from. Pick the right one. Give me uh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is the top running back in the NFC Norris division. Um, DJ Moore? DJ Moore is the top wide receiver in the NFC South after a big week. All right, what do we have left in the NFC? The NFC, you have the East quarterback, you have the South quarterback, the North quarterback, North receiver and the West running back. Pick 
think Justin Jefferson's up there. Justin Jefferson is the top wide receiver in the NFC North. Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold is not the top quarterback in the NFC South. Okay. He's second. Uh, Brady. And he is, has a lead here. Thomas Brady is the, the top quarterback in his division. Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is not the top quarterback in the NFC North. Oh, I'm bad. Cousins. Her cousins is quarterback. Um. All right, so we have NFC East quarterback, NFC West running back, right? Correct. And what do we have in the AFC? A lot. We've got the AFC North wide receiver, the AFC South quarterback and wide receiver, and all of the AFC East. <laughs> um, Josh Allen Josh Allen is the AFC's top quarterback I think it's Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts is the top quarterback in the NFC East much maligned by this podcast a week ago ah <sighs> FC East. Running back. Just <laughs> one of the Bills guys. And I'm going to say it's Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is not the top running back. Give me, give me Moss. Zach Moss is the top running back in the AFC East right now. And one last game. That's crazy. Alright, AFC South quarterback. Process of elimination. I will take Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> it is Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> by far the lowest of all the quarterbacks on this list. Only 77 points so far through four games. That is good enough to lead that poor division. Alright, so what are we missing, Shane? You need the AFC East running back, or wide receiver. You need the AFC South wide receiver. AFC North wide receiver. The AFC West running, or NFC West running back. I don't think you had a good game last week, but Jamar Chase is still up there. Jamar Chase is the wide receiver from the AFC North right now. So it's between him and Hollywood. Hollywood was next. NFC West running back. I will take... This is ugly. James Conner? Ugh, it is not James Conner. Right. That's what I was going to say. AFC South receiver. Uh, 
are the other Titans? I think Cooks is up there. Brandon Cooks is the AFC South top receiver right now. Diggs? It is not Stephon Diggs in the AFC East. I'd say the AFC East wide receiver was probably the toughest one on this list. Beasley. It is not Cole Beasley either. I think it's Corey Davis. It is Corey Davis. 52.7 points so far through four weeks of leading the board on the AFC East. So we just have NFC West running back? NFC West running back. running backs, although some good teams out there. Alright, that was tougher than we thought it would be. It's a it was. pretty crazy uh, start to the season. Alright, let's get into the week five matchups. We'll start off with the Steel Curtain versus Team Ice Cream. Right now, ice cream, 12-point favorites. Mainly due to uh, Dalvin Cook being, yet again, questionable. Stafford not having a great start for the curtain. Um, we'll start off with the curtain. Uh, Dave Montgomery out this week. How do you guys feel about Damian Williams in that Bears backfield against the Las Vegas Raiders? I like it. Um, Bears are going to have to run the ball. They're really going to have to use the running back out of the backfield as well. Um, I like Williams to kind of pick up where uh, Montgomery left off and uh, continue to have a nice week here. Definitely get into uh, definitely looking for double digits out of Williams this week. I like Williams. He's the hot waiver wire ad this week had already had him on his team he's a solid play have some questions on that Bears offense don't know how productive it's going to be but the volume's going to be there yeah the volume will definitely be there he's a little banged up too with a thigh injury but he should be good to play um you know I could see close to 20 touches for Williams this week and with that uh he's a must start so good job by Ed Dev Montgomery handcuffed um, in this spot and what should be a big game for the Steel Curtain. They don't want to get to 1-4. Um, also not wanting to get to 1-4 is Team Ice Cream. He makes the nice add. Another uh, running back filling in for an injured player, Samaje Pirine. Um, I don't love this one as much. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm a little skeptical on this one. I think Pirine stinks. But... I mean, obviously he had to be picked up. Mixon's out. Um, not in love with 
with uh, his production this week, though. Uh, I'm a little, little skeptical that he can, can get to double digits. I'm thinking more of a six, seven point week from P. Ryan this week, so I'm not, not thrilled about it. Yeah, I don't like him as much as Damian Williams for sure, but the volume's going to be there. I think it's close to whether or not he gets the 10 points. But a solid eight-week or eight-point performance, I, I can see out of him. I'm not sure about the volume in this one. I agree with Shane. I think he's pretty terrible. And Chris Evans is uh, the rookie that may get some time. Um, I think Cincinnati throws the ball a lot in this one, especially with uh, banged-up Jair Alexander on the Green Bay side. So I, I like the Bengals' pass catchers this week. Um, I think he would be happy to get eight points from Pirine. But it's hard. I mean, Lat Murray should maybe be in consideration here. Um, you know, maybe he moves Jacobs into the running back spot and plays Jalen Waddle. Um, I'm not sure I'd be running Pirine out there um, in this one. Who do you guys have winning curtain versus ice cream? Yeah, it's a little easier based on what we've seen so far. Stafford off to a real slow start here. But I think either way, I was going to go ice cream. Um, they give me ice cream in. I'm not going to say it's not close, but I'm going to say about 15, 15 to 20. Give me the ice cream just based on this first half performance by Stafford. They need... He really needs Seattle to come out and get a 14 nothing lead in the second half to get them throwing the ball more. If it stays this low, it's going to be a really tough matchup this week. I like the ice cream. Stafford has a chance to punch one in here. Um, they're inside the 15-yard line. That would definitely help. But I will also uh, take the ice cream in this one. Curtin's been showing up every week. I think he's been over 100 points just about every week and just hasn't hasn't had a ton of luck. Um, but I really like the, the Minnesota matchups against Detroit uh, on the Spears side. Uh, Renegades versus Flock. Renegades projected uh, to lose by about eight right now. He's got the touchdown from DK early. Lockett with only two for 29. Uh, for the flocks of both Seattle wide receivers playing tonight in this one. No tight end right now for the Renegades. Probably waiting to uh, see if Gronk's going to play um, with Logan Thomas on IR. Um, let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. Um, do you guys think there's any bounce back for Ayuk? What's going on there with him? Pretty good matchup, I think, against Arizona this week uh, for the Niners. Uh, I'm I'm not really in. Um, Garoppolo not completely healthy. Trey Lance stinks. Um, just not in on Ayuk at this point in the season. Um, hasn't hasn't shown me enough that, that he can do it. Arizona defense is playing pretty well. Um, Everyone wants to talk about their offense and how explosive they are, but their defense has been playing pretty well, too. So, yeah, I'm down on Ayuk. He was 
was such a hot name in the offseason as a guy that was going to explode and be a top five wide receiver. I think his draft price and, and what he went for, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it, it was high. And it was reflective of a lot of that offseason hype. It's it's not his offense. He's, he's not the focal point, and it's really not an aerial attack anyway. I don't think it's a bounce back week. I, I, I just don't. And he's not the guy to run out in that offense. I'm, I'm really curious to see what this offense looks like with Trey Lance uh, running it this week. I don't know if it's going to be more of a power run uh, situation. You know, Garoppolo was supposed to be the point guard that could get Samuel, Kittle, and Ayuk in space. Maybe it ends up being Lance. I wasn't overly impressed uh, by him in his second half outing last week. Um, looked like he was definitely run first. So I, I can't get too excited about Ayuk, although I think it's a, a good matchup for him. Um, bonus question, I guess, just real quick. For the Renegades, they, they make the Gronk pick up. I had dropped him after I found out that he had four broken ribs and a lacerated lung. Um, is that something that hampers Gronk the rest of the year, or did you like that ad for Fegley? Um, certainly going to hamper him for the next month, I would think. Um, broken ribs are just really one of those injuries, just really tough to come back from soon. Um it's like it's like a back injury, rib injury. Those are the same. Like those are the worst, um, especially for a guy like Gronk. Um, so I'm I'm gonna I'm out on him until at least at least November. I looked at Gronk for a potential playoff push, and thought there might be some scenarios where he's gonna come into play. They're gonna really take their time with his recovery. They, they've got so many targets in that offense. I don't see him coming back for a while and getting ready for a playoff push, especially at the point that he's at in his career. I like the ad for a playoff push. I chose not to do it because he has the same buy as Hawkinson. It really doesn't make me all that much better. I like the move. See him in December. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I hear what you're saying about them wanting to rest him for a playoff push, but it also felt like watching that game Sunday night, they really need him because Brate and uh, Brady are not on the same page. Uh, there were a lot of throws that I think Brady was expecting Brate to run a different route than he ran. You have to feel like Gronk would have been on the same page with him, so maybe that pushes his return, but they need to be smart about it because I do think they need him for the playoffs. Yeah, I think that, I mean... You can just watch the game and realize Tampa Bay is one. Tampa Bay is a playoff team. Um, it's more for them. I don't know. They showed last year that it doesn't really matter if they're home, on the road. Um, got a lot of veteran guys, especially. I mean, obviously they won the Super Bowl last year, but I don't know that home field advantage is all that important for them. Um, they, they they just need to be healthy, and I think if they're fully healthy going into the end of the year, they they can beat anyone. So. It's not an urgent rush back for, for Gronk. They can stay afloat and still still win 11 games. I think I would agree with you, Shane. Uh, let's talk about the quarterback on the flock side, Justin Herbert. Should be a tough matchup against Cleveland, but Herbert has balled out the last two weeks. Um, what do you guys think? 
his uh, production looks like this week in a, a tough game against that Cleveland defense. Yeah, Cleveland D really playing well. Um, I think this is a this is a tough one for Herbert. Um, we'll say I don't want to overreact, but I watched that game Monday night, and this this I know this might sound dumb saying this, but th- this dude is just incredible. He, I, I I'm watching it. I'm like, man, I might be watching a top three quarterback in the league right now. That's how how good he looks. Um, I put him right up there, just just behind Mahomes. Um, it's this guy's incredible, but the way the Cleveland defense has been playing, um, gotta figure he comes back to earth a little bit here, and uh, he's not going to be touching thirty close to thirty points like he has the past two weeks. Um, more of a more of a twenty point effort in my eyes. I do want to go on the record here and gladly take the W on. Justin Herbert last year when Washington football team drafted Chase Young and everybody said it was a slam dunk hook. I said, that that's great, but if you think Herbert has a 5% chance of being a franchise quarterback or a 10% chance, you've got to make that pick. And look at where Washington's at now and look at where Herbert's at now. As far as this week goes, the Cleveland defense is pretty incredible. It's one of the only teams I'll put in the same class as Washington football team's front seven that we've heard so much about on this podcast. I think he's in for a tough week, and it's a tough matchup. He'll still be productive. I don't think he gets to 20 points. 20? I, I got to think he's going to get to 20 just with the six-point passing, but I don't think his ceiling is much more than that. I would like to see Herbert start to run the ball a little more. That was that was part of what added his value, um, being able to pick up some rushing yards. He just hasn't had to. And I think the interesting thing on the, the pass catchers for the Chargers, we talked a little bit about it Tuesday night, Shane. Uh, he doesn't have to pepper Keenan Allen with targets like they used to. There's a lot of guys on the team, and he seems to make uh, almost all of them better. He uses all the tight ends. Um, that was a really impressive game by them on Monday night. Yeah, it's 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 not your your mom and pop's Chargers team that we're used to watching from five six years ago, where Keenan Allen's getting fifteen targets a game, and they're they're just playing shootouts, playing sloppy games, and and losing at the buzzer. Um, it seemed like they they have a real quarterback, and he's actually playing football and playing the position um, the way that the way that you need to play to win. Um, pretty pretty impressive. I was I was very impressed with them in that game Monday night. It's not the Chargers with Philip Rivers down seven in the fourth quarter, shot putting to his checkdowns, trying to make a last minute comeback. Correct. Speaking of Philip Rivers throwing motion, um, Mac Jones, <laughs> little, little Philip Rivers in there for him. I, I noticed uh, on Sunday night a little bit of or that. Sunday night, yeah throw and you kind of spin as you're throwing it and like avoid to a hit that's not actually coming um I don't know I, I saw a little bit of Phil Rivers and Mac Will and Mac Jones it's funny you say that because as I watched that game um I, I watched him throw and I'm like I feel like the ball's too big for him 
I feel like the ball, like the ball is just like he's playing. He's like a little kid playing with a with a real football for <laughs> like running around. And I'm just like this, the ball seems like it's too big. He just can't throw it enough. Uh, uh, he seems like he seems intelligent. He seems like he makes good decisions, but he just I don't know. Watching him throw, it just seems like there, there's not a whole lot behind it, and I don't know. All right, waiting to see what this flag is. All right, holding, so no lock at touchdown for the flock. Uh, flock looking to stay undefeated and get to 5-0. and Do you guys think he pulls it off this week? Oh, Flock have a very nice team. Um, obviously, it's easy to look at the, the Metcalf-Lockett matchup tonight. So far, going the Renegades' way. And the matchups are not ideal for the flock side. Give me the Renegades in a, in a sneaky close upset. I see Zeke's questionable. I don't know how questionable that is of whether or not he's going to play. Let me check. I think Gibson's the most questionable in this matchup of all the players, I would say. All right, he got to practice today. He's going to play. Give me the Renegades. Canceled in 20, going for a strong victory here in 21. It's close, though. Dare we say, sounds like Mr. Donald Trump canceled in 20, <laughs> looking for a comeback. Um, I It sounds dumb. I will go with you guys, and we'll make it a clean sweep against the 4-0 flock. Like the Renegades matchups, he's obviously going to have to do something at tight end because I don't think Gronk will play. Um... But I like I like uh, I like the matchups better on Fegley's side. Battle of the BC coaching staff. Take your ball and go home. Three and one against Abusement Park. One and three. Uh, good start for Robert Woods from Schur's side. He's got six for sixty-seven in the first half. Um, didn't really have the huge game I thought he would have against Arizona last week, but he did catch a touchdown. Um, let's look at the baggers side first. Bunch of question marks here. Jones, I think, will be good to go. <laughs> Gordon and Cooper also have some cues next to him. Best receiver in the AFC South, Brandon Cooks, can't even find his way on this team. What does James Conner have to do to get a look? My God. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> just a plethora of riches over here for take your ball and go home. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll let uh, Shane make your case for LaVisca Chenault over Brandon Cooks in this matchup. Yeah, so that seems to be the, the decision right now. Um, just think that Tennessee is not very good. Um, and I, I just don't believe that Belichick's going to let Brandon Cooks beat him. So right now I'm going Chenault. I was watching that game Thursday. Um, seemed like Chenault is... Uh, building some, some nice rapport with, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, uh, like what I saw, there was a plethora of targets, and good, good enough for me to uh, slot in there as my my last roster spot. What what a loaded and deep team. I, I, I agree with the Chanel start. This is going to be an Urban Meyer oh, comeback God. game where he oh, is God. in the lab right now. 
thinking of and designing all of the possibilities that's going to result in Chanel having a big week. I like the play. Yeah, I think Urban's been in the in his uh, office grinding all week, trying to get uh, trying to get what he can ready for for this matchup. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, thanks. Um, Tennessee defense is terrible, so yeah, I think uh, Chenault's a good play. Uh, you might want to consider Cooks over Amari Cooper, depending on what happens there, just because I think the Giants have some good corners, and if Cooper's not healthy. Dallas also seems perfectly okay with just running the ball 30 times a game. Yes. Um, so that may be something you have to look at. I do agree with Phil. James Conner, what's he got to do to find his way in? Tough matchup against San Francisco, though. Um, on the Abuse from Park side, Devonta Smith and Cortland Sutton in the flex spots right now with Mixon. Uh, questionable for some reason, Lev Bell is still on this team. Um, is there an opportunity for sure to run the two tight end set this week picked up Dawson Knox I thought it was a good pickup I had a zero dollar bid on him and he got him for two bucks gotta think there's gonna be some points Sunday night at KC Bills Chiefs Knox has been uh, the favorite red zone target of Josh Allen so far um, I would be Totally okay with Dawson Knox playing over Devonta Smith in this matchup. Yeah, Smith kind of a nightmare matchup there. Carolina loaded at quarter cornerback. Um, Knox has shown the last, yeah, you know, like you said, the last couple of weeks scored the last three twice last week alone. Um, always risky though. I mean, other than the red zone targets, not a whole lot going on for Knox. So it's it's obviously a touchdown or, or bust play. Um, hmm. That's a tough one. I I like where we were headed there with the with the shootout. I think we're all expecting some points there. I, I'm not gonna. I, I don't even. I'm not even gonna venture a guess. I don't want to steer sure in the wrong direction. <laughs> or right direction. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy to. I like Devontae Smith. I in a better offense. He's he's a much bigger piece of it. Not a big fan of the quarterback situation in Philadelphia, as I've mentioned before. As much as I love running out the big two tight end stack, Devontae's the play this week. I will say uh, Knox has the best tight end score of any tight end in this matchup this week. So yeah, say that again? I think Knox has the best tight end score of any tight end in this matchup this week. Okay. So Knox, Waller, Goddard, and Fant. Knox is TE1 this week. Out of those four. Right. right now, sure. About a 12-point favorite in the ESPN projections. Who do you guys have winning this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the same as I did last week. Um, just gauging... The temperature of my team right now we're not we're not uh, in a healthy spot we're not in a great matchups spot for our roster um i think this one is the park again and it's not close just like uh i predicted last week what a difference in these two teams shana i look at your bench and your bench is full of guys that are if they were available out on the waiver wire 
25 30 dollar players that's and that's why that's why i can't make any moves right now I, I i don't have droppable players at this point it's unfortunate look over the aisle at sure's team <laughs> yeah love you on bell he's uh he's on back on the ravens practice squad this week get ready to call back up the majors and i'm staring at cam Akers and just wondering what he's doing in this lineup too just for those sheer facts alone and questionable roster decisions, I'm going to go with the T-Baggers. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Abusement Park just because I think they have eight better players in the starting spots right now. Better situations. Yeah, I agree. Seawolves versus Bullweevils. Wolves, 14-point favorites right now. Hoping that uh, take your ball and go home can get that loss and the Wolves can get a win to get back on top of the Manning division. Kyler Murray, Eckler, Henry just feasting. Uh, Kareem Hunt, second best running back in the AFC North uh, as we found out earlier in the pod. Um, OBJ didn't have a great game last week. You know, just uh, Baker was pretty bad. Uh, who do we want to talk about? Let's talk about uh, TJ Hawkinson at Minnesota this week. Uh, Minnesota's been able to be had through the air uh, the past couple of years. Uh, give me a prediction for TJ Hawkinson this week. Ugh. 10 for 109 and a score. Wow. Oh my God. First player this is going to be a shootout. Um, two bad teams. Yeah, give me a give me a shootout in Minnesota this week, and, and Hawkinson is the clear uh, number one in Detroit's offense. So I'm worried he's not going to play. He's he's questionable, and he practiced a little bit today, but it's not looking great. If he does play, I think he gets to 15. Gets in the end zone once. I love playing him. He's one of the rare tight ends that's not touchdown dependent, but he's got to suit up. I'll say six for 70 and a score. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it is a question mark if he's going to play or not. Um, I don't know what the Wolves have planned if he doesn't go. Uh, Water. Tight ends have been getting scooped up on the wire. Like crazy lately. Um, maybe a trade with Taker Ball and go home to get one of his tight ends. That seems something like that would happen. Um, <laughs> Weevils. Miles Gaskin stinks. Like that dude needs to. He's, that, that guy. Oh my God. You talk about players that maybe shouldn't be rostered. Um, what about started? He may have lost his job. Like he, what did he do last week? Two carries for three yards. Yeah, two carries for three yards. That's some Desert Dogs bullshit right there. <laughs> um, that's some Ty Johnson stuff. Uh, Cole Beasley, what do you guys think Beasley does in this matchup? We talked about uh, Knox. You know, I'm I'm hoping there's points in this game. It would be fun to watch Sunday night, but I feel like we've also seen this movie before. I mean, we're all getting hyped up for the 38, 35 
showdown. Um, I don't think it gets quite that high, but I do think there's going to be some points in this one. Um, I like Beasley to bounce back after the effort last week where they didn't really need him. Um, they're definitely going to need him. There's going to be a lot more, a lot more third down situations where they're going to be moving the sticks and he's going to be getting those cheap targets. So give, give me a bounce back week for Beasley where he gets back into his 12 to 13 points. He's going to get targeted. Uh, no doubt about that. He's going to have a very similar week to Sanders. I, I don't think he gets in the end zone, but I could easily see him getting seven or eight targets and, and having a fine double-digit line. Yeah, Beasley's just sneaky productive for fantasy. Um, he just gets peppered with targets, and they're safe targets, but he also throws them um, in big games. He throws them a lot around the, yeah. in the red zone. Um, so he's always a always a good bet to score. He hasn't scored yet this year, but they haven't really had a game where they needed to, um, other than the Pitt, Pittsburgh game. I mean, the other three have been just absolute steamrollings. Um, so I think Beasley is a good game too. I'm I'm really hoping it is a shootout. That's gonna be fun to watch. Um, if it is, I don't really need to see these teams trade field goals. Um, I I can't envision a scenario in which that happens. Yeah, Beasley kind of feels like it's almost my like Cooper Cup strategy from from years past, where you almost want to play him in the tougher matchups. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, the tougher the matchup and is the more likely that Allen's going to be relying on him in, in, in the tough situations. So I feel like this is one of those for Buffalo, and I think he'll reap the benefits of, of a seven eight catch game. Yeah, and he's not vaccinated, so no one wants to cover him. Um, <laughs> Wolves versus Weevils I'll take the Wolves big Yeah I mean I've heard everyone running their mouth All year saying T-Bag is the best team But the actual best team that I've said Since week one is the Wolves And they are going to roll Because they are loaded Gotta say I, I love lining up against Miles Gaskin this week it Feel solid I'm going to get a nice Sleep Saturday night knowing he's on the agenda for one o'clock on Sunday. I'll take the Wolves. All right, Nevermore versus Mad Dogs. Nevermore with the big win last week. The Jalen Hurts edition proved to be uh, worth it with the big game last week against the Chiefs. Right now projected to win because Micah's not going to play a running back, it looks like. He's got uh, his running back, running back two spot empty well-documented on this podcast that the Stormers brothers are the only ones that just don't put a player in there. They just they just <laughs> leave it empty. Drives me nuts. You're going to play someone. Like, you have to play someone. Put them in there. Like, you're not, you're not showing your hand. Um, but uh, Higby with the goose egg so far. Cooper Cup, four for 23. So, so far, a little swing in favor of Nevermore, even though you're going to expect more from Cup than Higby anyway. They are running the two tight end set with Travis Kelsey and Jared Cook as of now, it looks like. Um, man, this Nevermore team is <laughs> average. <laughs> we're, we're just roasting players on this podcast. I, it's, it's like, he's 2-2, two and two, but Mike Davis, 
I guess he's been doing some things. Um, what do you think about Mike Davis in London <laughs> against the Jets? This is the depths that this podcast has reached. We are making Mike Davis calculations. 13 carries for 14 yards last week. Um, my God, Atlanta stinks. Establish it. Um, luckily, the Jets stink as well. London games are notorious for being just clunkers. I mean, if you're going to make me do it, give me 11 carries for 42 yards. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> not much not much out of the backfield, maybe a couple catches. I, I'm right there with you. I, I think you're slated for a five-point performance, and you, you, you move on and, and hope the rest of the lineup can pick, pick, pick you up because it's just not a good play. Eight for 23 and a score. Sunday morning for Mike Davis. That's what we got. That's what, That ain't no guess. Um, on the Mad Dog side, talked about the vacant RB2 spot. Um, he's going to need a little better production from that spot. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Is Darnell Mooney the best receiver on the Chicago Bears? And do we care? I mean, are we talking fantasy purposes or whatever you want, man? Do what you feel. I mean, Allen Robinson's the best receiver on the Bears. Uh, let's not kill ourselves here. Um, and I think we're slowly gonna start seeing Robinson get back to a little bit of form once uh once Fields starts playing a little bit more. It's a little more accustomed to the league, but I mean, as of right now, Mooney's been outstanding. He's been <laughs> can't argue that big week last week. Um, had a good week in week two as well, but no, it's Allen Robinson. Robinson for sure is more talented, but for fantasy purposes, for whatever reason, this season seems to be more in favor towards Mooney, and he's getting more of the targets, much more of the production. So answer it in two ways. Allen Robinson is obviously a better wide receiver. But his potential is causing him to get more coverage than what Mooney's getting, and it's opening up for Mooney. Mooney's better in fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk anymore about the Bears wide receiver situation. I've exhausted it. Um, I'll take the Mad Dogs to win this one unless they leave the running back two spot blank. Then I'll take Nevermore. I will say that it is very hard to come back from a goose egg. Me and, me and Mick are, are struggling. I had Higby in my, my SGP tonight for a touchdown, and, and his yardage does not look like that was the play. Never <laughs> um, like seeing the zero for zero in the second half. But uh, I think they have just enough, especially I'll, I'll uh, say this one for Ed. You get, you get Patty Mahomes in the primetime game Sunday night. Um, that's going to be enough to do it. Man, we're going to go 30 minutes into this podcast, talk about this game, and no one's going to talk about the Seattle Color Rush uniforms? Oh, my God. We're, we're a better podcast than this. Give me the Mad Dogs. All right, game of the week. Highest scoring projected matchup of the week. Desert Dogs versus Fleetwood franchise. Uh, projected right now to be a 115-115 to 115 slugfest. Um... 
somewhere out of nowhere today, it was determined that Christian McCaffrey might play this week, and that added a 25-point projection to my lineup. I'm not sure where that came from or if it will hold true. We're certainly hopeful. Uh, we need it badly. I mean, this is like the guy just in the hospital bed. They're ready to pull the plug. <laughs> and he just like shoots up out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm like, can oh, I rip God, off four straight? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm wondering. Cause coming off of and 4 the tough Cardinals lost last night. He was he was on the ventilator, just laying there in his bed. And he sees the news and just shoots up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys want me dead. I know that. You don't, you don't want any life in this uh, in this in this dog. Um, all right, what the hell's up with CD Lamb? Let Let's talk about it because it's not great. No, I was uh, very bullish on CD Lamb coming into the year as well. I mean, week one and week two, you had to be pretty ecstatic with the twenty four targets, um, and now eight over the past two weeks. Um, for whatever reason, the Cowboys decide, all right, Zeke's good again. We're going to give him the ball, and we're going to run our way to victory. I think uh, that had a little something to do with the defenses they were playing. Um, but I'm not going to I'm not going to sell on Lamb yet. I think there there's just obviously so much talent and, and good quarterback play by by Dak. So there's there's more good weeks to come here, buddy. Not, not a lot's changed uh, on my outlook on, on Lamb. He's a good player. There's just a lot of mouths to feed him that offense. And you're going to get those weeks where Dak only throws the ball 20 times, like we saw last week, because Zeke's on a roll. And you run the risk. He, he, he's boomer bust. He, he doesn't have a floor. You run the risk of, of throwing him out there. If it's a Zeke game, he busts. If it's a Cooper or whatever the hell the, the Schultz tight end guy is, or Gallup game, he busts, and if he doesn't, he has an amazing week. He's a great player, great option in that offense. It's just a, a matter of having so many mouths to feed. Yeah, Dalton Schultz and uh, Cedric Wilson didn't really think that they would be a problem for CeeDee Lamb this year, especially after Gallup got hurt in the first game. But we're here now, so um, I want to add that was a I think a sneaky good pickup of Dalton Schultz by uh, Ed late last week because Robert Tunyon's been disappointing. So I wanted to uh, at least mention that. Let's look over at the Storm side. Who would have thought Cordero Patterson would be the RB2 on this squad right now? Um, he's definitely hoping that A.J. Brown can come back and play well this week. Uh, got Diggs and Allen Sunday night. That feels bad um total total points scored for Diggs and Allen Sunday night give me a number oh my god uh, keep the Chiefs keep it under oh a billion I'm gonna give you a number but you're not gonna be happy about it um give me 55 oh, oh my man. god that's I'll take exactly that. the number I was gonna say I'll take From Allen Diggs 35 out of Allen, 20 out of Diggs. Yeah, I would take that right now, I think. If I could sign up for that right now, I think I'd take it. <laughs> I was thinking yeah, I think, 60 yeah. plus. 
Um, you know, I think Allen could very easily get four or five touchdowns himself. And if any go for uh, any go to Diggs, then it's just night night for the desert yeah, dogs. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough watch for you, buddy. I mean, you should should I I put an asterisk there? You should have the lead going into that game, obviously. <laughs> um, but that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough watch with uh, arguably the desert dogs season on the line. No money. I recommend staying up late Saturday night. And going to bed early Sunday night. Don't even watch it. Yeah, no, uh, no Monday night players for the franchise. That's been the bane of my existence this year so far. So that's a bonus. Um, and he is going to run a player out in that London game. So that's also a good thing. Um, whenever you can start Cordero Patterson in London, you have to. So, uh, who do you guys have winning this one? I will take. The Desert Dogs to win this week if McCaffrey plays. If McCaffrey doesn't play, I lose by a lot. No reason not to, huh? Yep. Uh, man, I rode the Desert Dog train last week, got boned again. <laughs> Thought I had one there. I am going to go with the Desert Dogs. I think they get it done this week. Old Yeller sitting out back, <laughs> quivering. But the week five headline is going to be Dogs Bite Back. <laughs> Give me the dogs this week. Oh, I love when you throw your headlines out there. <laughs> All right. Um, this is two weeks in a row. We've both given you the... Given you the the affirmation that we, we think you're gonna keep it alive so I just would I'm really hoping I can get at least one win this season I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen a zero win season and I feel like it's in play um I may have to hold McCaffrey until we get a win and then I can do whatever I want with him not that I'm getting any great offers for him anyway I mean some of them have been uh Sorry, Mick, but Damian Harris and Sterling Shepard isn't getting it done. <laughs> oh, the old two-for-one swap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> depth. You get depth. I don't even have players to give you, buddy. Yes, you do. I would recommend you do not take that train. I have one. I have one guy that you would want. Stop it. I can look at your roster and make a deal right now. What the hell are you going to do? You going to keep DeAndre Hopkins for 70 bucks or whatever I pay for him? I'm going to keep, uh, keep Dobbins and Slampoy. I don't need a keeper. need some players to win now. Hopkins <laughs> and Gordon. Hopkins and Gordon gets it done. Send it over. No. No, Melvin Gordon doesn't get anything flowing anymore. What about James Conner? That guy could probably get a starting uh, gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would be, we would love to have James Conner in our in our clubhouse right now. We would love that. Oh, you guys, you guys love the fifty yard ceiling on this guy. Just a goal line <laughs> threat. He's like like Garrett Blunt in that twenty touchdown season. <laughs> All right, you guys got anything to add? Uh, no comments on the color rush, huh? You guys aren't a fan of it? I 
It's got my juices flowing. Ugh, we know. We know. No, these uniforms are bad. No, I'm uh, I'm ready to turn this game off to clunker. Get some get some playoff baseball on. I know I know Phil's probably gonna do the same. So couldn't even tell you what channel it's on and who's playing. So podcast schedule. We'll definitely be back next week for week six. Uh, week seven, we're either gonna have to not do it Thursday night or um, just not have a podcast in week seven. Um, we will be out of town. I don't think we want to do that live from Mount Airy. I don't think that would be good. It's a family podcast. Shane's like, uh... Can't, can't lose our rating. <laughs> I won't be there. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That's for that right. reason, I'm out. <laughs> all right, well... Thank you guys for joining me and uh, sticking through. Uh, Mac Gofford, watching him play uh, <laughs> Thursday night here. It's really been great to watch. Ever since I called him the NFL MVP, dude stinks. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Look, good luck in week five. I'll have the week five recap uh, Tuesday, and um, we will talk next week.